Ready or not, here we go. It's Friday morning on Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. It is Roadmap Roundup Day, as is pretty much every Friday. Well, not next Friday. More on that later. But let us begin our morning as we always do in prayer. This morning we will pray our morning offering as well as the litany of humility. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. As you may have noticed, we've got kind of a, not a totally different crew, because Angela Miller's with us. Angela, good to have you back. It's been a few weeks. It has. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. And then uh, joining us, not for the first time, because Corey Grizzle was actually on our Mother's Day special edition of the Roadmap Roundup in 2021. But this is your first live Roadmap Roundup. It is. I'm really afraid of what I'm going to say, but it's going to be good. It's live radio. (laughs) It's It's, live radio. That's that's how it works. If it makes you feel any better you know this morning I, I had one of those mornings that do you ever have those times where you have your your strict routine and you say listen i'm going to try this and and if it doesn't work we're not trying again we're moving on to the next thing that was contact lenses this morning because oh. if i if i was still trying to fuss with my right eye you two would be doing the show and i'd be at home <laughs> um so i just said i'm going to try one time and if it doesn't go in i'm grabbing my glasses well i'm still acclimating to my glasses so we almost prayed uh, that in the opinion of the world, others may decrease and I may increase. And I'm like, wait a minute, that is not the litany of humility. We want we want others to increase, not not to decrease. So um, it, it is one of those mornings. Well, we've got a lot to talk about on the roundup today. It's our final roundup of Lent. 
I did mention that next week, uh, you know, I said we have a roundup every Friday, except next week we won't. Next week is Good Friday, and we have a very special program for you with Patty Schneier on Good Friday. Patty will be leading us in reflection, talking about the seven last words of our Lord on the cross. And a little disclaimer, for the longest time when I was young, that confused me. Like, he only said seven words total, and my grandma would be, Adam, phrases. Like, I'd like to say a word on this. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So the the seven last things that our Lord said, uh, Patty's going to break those open for us next Friday. And we've got, I mean, next week we're going to kick it into high gear with Holy Week. We've got a lot to reflect about, and surprise, we're going to begin today. But before we can get to any of that, any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts now for a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Julie Billiard, born in France in 1751. Her parents were successful farmers and Julie the sixth of seven children. She excelled in all her studies, but she had a special devotion to learning about her faith and received her first Holy Communion and her confirmation early. Taking a vow of chastity in her mid-teens, Julie was widely considered a holy young woman, but at 22, she saw someone nearly kill her father and the shock so disturbed her, she lost the use of her legs. Confined to her bed, she spent four to five years every day in prayer, sewing linens for the church and teaching catechism to village children who would gather around her bed. When the French Revolution broke out, it was widely known that Julie would support hiding priests, which put her life in danger, so her friends smuggled her out of town in a hay cart. She spent many years teaching and then had a vision of women in religious habits and she heard the Lord tell her, behold these spiritual daughters I give to you in an institute marked by the cross. Not long after that, Julie met a wealthy woman named Francois Blin de Bourbon who had nearly lost her own life during the reign of terror. In 1803, the two founded the Institute of Notre Dame for poor Christian children and in 1804, the sisters of Notre Dame. Then, after 30 years, Julie regained the use of her legs. Eventually, she opened schools for girls all across France and Belgium, along with 15 convents. She died in Belgium on this day in 1816 at the age of 64. St. Julie Billiard, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Well, we are back, and it is the fifth week of Lent. It's Friday in the fifth week of Lent, and we want to uh, cross the finish line of Lent. Angela was asking before the uh, break how, how the 5K went, and I, you know, the important thing was that I crossed the finish line. I started the race, and I finished the race. And for all of us today, with our, our Lenten observance, I hope that's the case for all of us. I, I'm not saying I, you know, I expect that this was the best Lent ever. That you, you know, if you gave up candy, you never desired candy. Praise God if you didn't, right? But the important thing is that you started Lent and that you're going to finish Lent. But for many, um, perhaps their Lenten sacrifice, their Lenten observance, is something that they can employ, if not on a daily basis, on a regular basis, after the season of Lent. And uh, Corey Grizzle, I I wonder what your thoughts are on that. (laughs) Anything from Lent that you plan on taking forward after it's over? Oh, man. So first of all, I'm not going to lie. When you said Lenten finish line on the paper yesterday and I looked at it and I I read Lenten fish line. So coming from 
St. Peter's and St. Charles um, that when I when I was there and we still live in St. Charles. And so um, we go out to the fish fry there and that line is really long. But <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> because so it's really good after the show. It's go worth get every line, minute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth every minute in line for that fish fry. But um, finish line. Coming to the end of this, um, definitely. So I, I do every year. I give up sugar. Um, I give up extra sugar, and so no desserts, no uh, sugar in my coffee, no you know things like that. And I really, I said this is a good thing. This is a very good thing. And so actually, the one thing that I have kept um, for a long time is no sugar in my coffee. So I'll have I'll have dessert every once in a while with you know a nice fun mocha or something but <laughs> but no sugar in my coffee and I did it again this year with no sugar um and uh and actually just really because I was in a bad habit of just eating something really sweet and just continuing to eat something after dinner every night and so um just something something really good that's that's just what I'll keep I'll just keep that feeling of this is a good thing I love first of all that you said that uh a mocha is considered dessert because yes. I firmly believe that <laughs> hey, no. black coffee is the only way to drink coffee yeah. and anything else is dessert. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I was in, um, I work at the Archdiocese and we were having a formation meeting the other day. We were talking about Lent um, and Deacon Dan, um, uh, who works in CYC Sports, was talking about how every year he keeps his Lenten fast, his Lenten sacrifices, excuse me, all the way to Pentecost because he was saying that, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's good to do, it, um, but also because it takes about 10 weeks to make a habit mm-hmm. and then he's able to keep it the rest of the year after that. So even though he's saying till Pentecost, he's really bringing it throughout the year. So I was thinking about that a lot and um, in my sort of uh, Lenten finish line myself, like what what has like worked for me um, is this uh, commitment to prayer, and I've I've seen the effects, um, and so I think that um, the like commitment to the same time every day in the morning um, before work, the same sort of structure of prayer, um, the conversation that I've had with God, that's something that's going to go way beyond Lent, and I would like for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this. Um we were Gabe and I were talking about this last week that on and it's no no secret to our listeners this year for Lent I turned off the color on my mm. phone um, it's all grayscale and my kids my kids <laughs> the the funniest part about it are my kids they're all just like Dad are there colors in your phone do they do they not make those anymore and I'm like nope okay. nope they we turned them off right <laughs> and so the first two weeks were terrible and then the next two weeks I I, I was loving it absolutely. Loving it. In fact, there was one time I had to turn the color on my phone back on to look at a proof of something that we had ordered, and I, I didn't have access to any other device. And you want to make sure it's not like neon green, right? So I turned the colors back on. I said, I hate this. Turn those colors off. Get get them out of here. Now I'm kind of back in the point where I'm like, no, I, I really want to turn the color back on on my phone. I want to get rid of the grayscale. However, every Sunday about 930 in the morning, uh, my phone goes, ding and says here's your screen report for the week mm-hmm. and my screen time is tremendously down and so i'm just like i i'm thinking that 90 days is what they say 10 weeks mm-hmm. to to form a habit i'm thinking about taking that forward and just saying no we're gonna leave the phone 
in grayscale mode. Um, I don't know because I don't. It, it, it's not that I don't want the color; it's that I don't want the screen time. I don't want the report to say you spent seven hours on your phone. This <laughs> up, on average, every day you spent seven hours on your phone. Um, I I want to pay more attention to the world around me. Now, the other thing that I endeavored to do that I have not done so great of a job doing was to do a little bit of reading every day from the same book. Instead, I've done a lot of reading from multiple books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this idea, I used to hate the idea of reading because I'm not an avid reader. And I, well, I've got to read the whole, half the book tonight. No, no. Just read a page or two and then put your bookmark in and then pick up again tomorrow has been very wonderful. And so maybe Mr. Adam Wright, who doesn't read, will become Mr. Adam Wright, who does read now uh that's one of the game changers for me and i'm just kind of curious not just taking this forward but angela you talked about you know prayer has Mm -hmm. been one of your things how how has that borne fruit in your life this lent it's been amazing so i'll talk about the fact that like every i feel like it's pretty common that people struggle in lent you know you kind of maybe fall off the bandwagon for a little bit um on your lenten sacrifice and i cannot tell you how clear it has been the difference in my day-to-day life, in my general peace, in my ability to get work done, um, the the difference between having that structure, that prayer, that silence, that actual conversation with God, that relationship building with God uh, versus the <laughs> days where I fell off the bandwagon a little bit. Um, so, I, yeah, it's it has helped me. The silence and the conversation with God has helped me learn a lot more about myself um, and to to figure out like what what are some more things that I need to like change or remove in my life that um, I need to uh, rely more on the Lord with. I love that we did the litany of humility today. One of the big fruits from Lent is like, wow, a lot of my sins kind of connect to pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was really good for me to to be in conversation with God throughout lent about this and and ask for his graces and so yeah now when you when you say that is that pretty much i mean conversation with god i know what that looks like for me but what does that look like for you i mean are there times that in your head or out loud you just all right well god here's where i'm at today and here's what's going on yeah well i think about the um there's this line from the diary of faustina where the lord asks faustina saint faustina tell me about your retreat. She's on retreat. And she's like, Lord, you're on retreat with me. What do you mean? Why do you want me to tell you about it? And he's like, I just love hearing it from you. And so I think about the fact that like, I love my husband and I might be with him all weekend, but I still want to hear how it went because I just want to <laughs> hear it from him and, and from his brain. So what I do in my prayer is literally just saying like, you know, like a friend or my mom, I call my mom a million times a day and just tell her absolutely everything. So I'm just like listing, like, here's where I'm at. Here's my heart. And then, and then listening yeah. and seeing what the Lord reveals. What about you, Corey? How's, <laughs> how's the sugar thing helped you? <laughs> so, um, I'm not sure that, well, the sugar thing has helped me just to be aware, to be aware of the little things in my life. So I'm, I'm a, um, I'm a person that if, if you gave me a big, huge challenge and it was something great and big and, and huge and and I failed the first day, I would never go back. Just like you were talking about earlier today, like you just you fail and you, and you don't like that defeat. And so you just never want to go back. So a couple of years ago, there was a little French priest we were watching on television and and um, he had four things for you to, to talk to think about at Lent to, to give up. Right. So. Um, and it was the Septuagesma, which is the, the pre Lent. So right. it's, it's that pre 
think about what you're going to do now for Lent for about three weeks, right? So um, he had these four little things. I can do that. I can do that every year. Um, one good to give up. So like sugar, it's good. It's not, it's not a bad thing. You can do that on a good, you know, one, one good to give up one defect that you have to crush and, um, one extra prayer. So that's just one, just one extra prayer to say every day. If that's how you need to get into your prayer life, just pick a prayer that you love. Um, the litany of humility is one that I've grown to love. (laughs) It scared me the first time. (laughs) because again like I recognize that that that's my pride Mm -hmm. and that all of that goes down to that so that that's that's a scary one but a good one and then one religious reading (laughs) so so just something a small book that you just read a little bit every day those things are much more successful for me you know not one big huge let's give up all sugar and the bread and the you know everything and but it's it's the little tiny things. so sugar is just one part of that um, the rest of it, I, I try, you fall off the wagon, you get back on, you, you don't read that book that day, but then the next day is better. So, um, but just little things. There you have it, friends. I think of, uh, when I was first introduced to the litany of humility, it was a friend of mine who I'm actually not going to say his name because he's the most humble person I know. And yet he's this drummer that goes around and plays for all of these conferences. I mean, all across the country, they're like, Oh, we got to put the lights on the drums. He's like, no, really you don't. And, and I think the settlement one year was like, you can put lights under the drum, shining on the drums, but don't put don't put any lights on me. I don't want people Aww. to see me, and you know, and he he just kind of hides in the background, and he he loves it. And I'm like, that's what I should aspire to—not to be the front man of the band, but to be that guy that just kind of the the dude that chills in the back. Um, lots of great ideas for us, and we want to go just a little bit deeper. I mean, if there was a week on the roundup to go just a little bit deeper, it would be this one as we make that final push into Holy Week. Uh, For our friends who go to the old form of the Mass, uh, you are already in Passion Tide. It started this past Sunday. And for those of us who go to the new Mass, uh, we begin Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion this Sunday. So we wanted to share some words with you. Normally we'd go to a song right now, but we wanted to share some words to just help take things to a deeper place. So we're going to turn now to uh, Monsignor Eugene Morris with some reflections on Passion Tide. Cataquiz question for you today. We do actually have a cataquiz question, Angela. I know you you were looking at the notes and you said, Adam, you didn't give us the question or the answer. <laughs> you gave them You're up for Lent and you didn't even know. Apparently. Well, this one's this one's an easy one today, but it, it's a great opportunity for us to talk about some things. Uh, what prayer, here's your question, what prayer is the most perfect of prayers in which we ask not only for all the things we can rightly desire, but also in the sequence that they should be desired. Is it the Our Father? It is. You are correct there. Thunderous applause for all of our, our radio listeners. We put all the bells from Radiothon away. I feel like I should keep one out here for when we get these catechist questions correctly. Um, great passage of the catechism around paragraph 2763. It's really the the section on the Our Father. It's part four, Christian prayer. Section two, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. 
uh, begins a paragraph 2761, which says the Lord's Prayer is truly the summary of the whole gospel, since the Lord, after handing over the practice of prayer, said elsewhere, asking you will receive, and since everyone has petitions which are peculiar to his circumstances, the regular and appropriate prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is said first, the foundation of further desires. So what is that structure? Well, first, acknowledging that God is God, our Father who art in heaven. And then second, that God's name would be sanctified and that we would remember that. Hallowed be thy name. Praying for the coming of the kingdom of God, praying for heaven, that that we would all live a life um, ordered as God orders it, not as Angela Miller and, and Corey Grizzle and Adam Wright decide to order it. That's thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So again, not only that we would get to experience the beatific vision of heaven, but that we would live more rightly so here on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. This fourth petition expresses our trust in God to provide that which we need. Uh, asking for his forgiveness when we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass mm-hmm. against us. Not only that we want to be forgiven, but that we want to forgive. Lead us not into temptation. It's a pretty easy one. And again, praying for God's protection, but deliver us from evil and so on. There's a lot we could break open here. I, th- I think that's going to have to be a segment one day. Totally. It's just like a whole segment mm-hmm. on the Our Father, but it gives us the order. And I would say this, too, that the one thing that really challenges me from the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as mm-hmm. we forgive those who trespass against us. And if we truly mean what we're saying when we pray, <laughs> then that's a really big, uh, you know, poke in the arm like, hey, hey, you got to forgive these people because you you prayed to God. Only forgive me to the measure which I forgive others. You're mm-hmm. both grinning here. <laughs> <laughs> because that was a huge epiphany for me years and years ago when you when you say that so many times as a child and then you realize, wait a minute, I have to forgive others the way God's going to forgive me. And you take that around the other way and say, God's going to forgive me exactly the way that I forgive others. And I'm asking for that. Every time I pray that prayer, I'm asking, God, you you hold me, you just said it, you hold me to that same level. And yeah, it doesn't doesn't register until, yeah. And and I'm grinning because I learned that this week. (laughs) So I I didn't realize. It's probably about your age. (laughs) It's contingent on one another. And that, that is Oh, you know, I have some responsibility here. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying to remind the kids that they need to pay attention to what we're praying for because words have meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, praise God for my second grader. She's now two weeks away. Hold on, yeah, two weeks away from tomorrow. Uh, she'll make her first Holy Communion. But again, she she did it last week, and and she's catching on. She'll turn to me as we're walking into into Mass. She goes, "What? When do I get to receive bread?" And I'm like, you can receive bread right after <laughs> as soon as we get home. We got plenty. We, and if <laughs> right. not, we can we can stop by the store. She she goes, Ugh, when do I get to receive Jesus? Two weeks, you know. And she, she gets it. She knows. And and we talk about all of those things. But the words have meaning. So uh, think about what you're praying. And by the way, that's not an excuse. Well, I don't want to mean that, so I'm not going to pray that. No, that's what we should aspire right. to is to want that. All right. Speaking of prayer, we are about to enter a very intense week of prayer for most of us, and uh, God willing, more of the world would join us in prayer this week. But there's a lot that happens in the Triduum. I mean, the the official start of the Triduum is the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday evening, but even before that, we have a little bit of of pregame 
uh, I, that's a really bad term to use. <laughs> a little pre-triduum. Uh, we've got the Chrismas, you know, in, in the Archdiocese of St. Louis Thursday mm-hmm. morning. I know in the Diocese of Jefferson City, it's Tuesday. Um, you kind of have to look around in your diocese to see when it is. But And then the, the service of the Lord's Passion on Good Friday, the Easter Vigil, and on Holy Saturday, we, we keep that observance. And every year there are different opportunities, and every year something different strikes me. Like, wow, that was just a really powerful moment of prayer in this triduum. So, uh, Corey, I want to start with you. What is, just from a triduum in years past, something that has really jumped out at you in prayer and said, pay attention, and a moment that you say, I'm very grateful for this? <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I um, I grew up as a choir member. My mother was the organist in our parish growing up. I have been uh, singing for all of the extra ones, right? You do three Easter Sundays and you do all sorts of things. And we did all of the triduum. And, um, and so that's been a very big tradition is to attend all of the triduum masses. And <clears throat> now that we attend um, the old form of the mass um, or the extraordinary form, it, it, has, it has become intensely amazing um to see all that goes into that and then um and our pastor is monsignor morris which is i i'm so blessed we are our parish is so blessed to have him and on holy thursday when he stands up there and he (coughs) excuse me he's he stares at the crucifix and he speaks about what our lord is about to do for us and he chokes up Mm. just really um it, it it really hits you, and so I, I try to attend the the, tridu, the triduum every year, um, and because it is so intense, and it's such a great, amazing, intense walk into Easter, and it's like you deserve Easter finally. You mm. deserve all of that joy and and the regalia that comes with with Easter. And yeah, when we when we minimize not only our Lord's suffering, but our need for a Savior. You know, if Mm -hmm. we don't need to be saved, then why do we have Easter joy? But when we look at the reality of life and and we're blessed to see it, it's like, wait, we do need a Savior. Mm -hmm. And he chose willingly to do this. And and it it wasn't, you know, no big deal. Like, oh, I'm going to go be crucified at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. It it was a big deal. Um, It it is a very, very powerful thing. Yeah, I, I, every year what, um, at least since I've been with my husband, um, we have, I guess, tried to make the tradition of watching um, the Passion every year to make that a little more tangible. Um, and it's it to be able to enter into each part of the triduum with that reflection, with that those scenes in my mind, um, has borne fruits. Through, certainly throughout Triduum, but also every time I pray rosary and I'm meditating on the Sorrowful Mysteries to see those exact scenes, um, the, the, the ability to know Christ a little more intimately through that movie <laughs> yeah. um, has just been huge. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I kind of wonder, I, I have a lot of friends and this is not a critique of this. I think it's a wonderful thing that, you know, they on Good Friday, they'll go to church and then they'll go to someone's house and watch the, the Passion of the Christ. And I almost wonder if it would be better to watch it earlier in the week, too. I mean, watch it both times. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, 
But I, as you said that, Angela, I was thinking that our Lord certainly, he lived in a time where crucifixions were a pretty regular occurrence, mm-hmm. sadly. And so they all knew what this entailed, and he knew what he was going to. Even when the apostles were like, wait, nah, what are you talking about? And he's like, listen. I mean, very clearly in the Gospels, our Lord spells it out, and Peter tries to say, no, we're not going to let that happen. And Jesus is like, no, this, this needs to happen. Um, maybe this weekend, you know, tonight, go to Fish Fry, you know, go to the fish line, as, as Corey said earlier, and then go home and watch it so that when we go to Mass on Palm Sunday, we, we have that perspective. Um, but it, it is all about that perspective. I will say one thing that I did in years past that I might, I'm, I'm kind of chickening out, so now I should probably just say on the radio, I'm going to do it. Um, I continued that fast on Good Friday all the way through the Easter vigil. Ooh. And there's a traditional practice of doing that. It's not obligatory. You know, we are obliged to fast and abstain from meat on Good Friday. And and everybody's like, well, of course, it's Good Friday. But I read somewhere that there was a tradition of taking that through all the way, Holy Saturday. And liturgically, once the vigil begins, that that's Easter. You know, when, once we get to the Gloria and the vigil, it's Easter. And um, so Holy Saturday would be in that last day. And it was hard. And I remember it was a day that Beth was, that particular year, Beth was working at the hospital on Holy Saturday. So I had the kids by myself. Mm. And we just had a very intentionally quiet day. You know, on Good Friday and Holy Saturday, we did not turn on the television or our phones or anything like that. We did not, you know, I did not play music through the house as I am known to do (laughs) each and every day. And, we worked very hard to make it a radically different day. And with that, you know, I'm the kind of person that one year I decided, oh, you know, I get Good Friday off work and I've got all these projects I need to do around the house and wouldn't this be a great opportunity, which is completely not the point. And then I've got the shakes and my hands are trembling and I feel really funky. And and Beth says, you haven't been eating. You're fasting today. You shouldn't be exerting yourself like this. And the call really was to spend that day in prayer. So that's something that I, I think I'm going to endeavor for this year is just to say from Good Friday through when we go to the vigil, fasting. That's huge. Yeah. I'd love to try that one year. Make it the year. You can do it this year. Or at least the, the quiet, you know, yeah. I think uh, to just kind of recognize, oh, something's different here. It's not just like a spring day, you know, yeah. there's, there's something different here that we need to recognize. You know, I was thinking about it this way, that if uh, if we lost a friend or a loved one, oh, yeah. we wouldn't go home and watch streaming services on no, our phone right. or tablet or TV. We'd probably sitting there in the quiet, inconsolable. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're remembering that our Lord lost his life for us. Let's keep watch with the apostles. We're going to take a break here. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue the discussion. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup on this Friday morning on Covenant Network. Stay tuned. We are back. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup on this Friday morning edition of Roadmap to Heaven here on April 8th. I don't think we've said that yet today. I hope you're not relying on us to say that because if so, we've let you down. But it is indeed Friday, April 8th, Friday of the fifth week of Lent. We were talking more about the importance of knowing what our Lord went through during the break here in the studio. And 
I remember back to a time when our son was in first grade, and we were on vacation, and we were at an amusement park, and in the blink of an eye, he started climbing on something, and then he fell. And, you know, it, it was in so quick of a turnaround that I didn't even have time to say, don't climb on that. You know, as I, as I see it, I'm about to say, don't, boom, he's down. And you can tell from the tears, this isn't just, I'm hurt, or that was unpleasant. And my wife, the nurse, took one look and said, he broke his arm. Like, she knew, like that. He broke his arm. And we're getting the park workers, and then, you know, they're calling. Um, we had no car, so our only option was to go by ambulance. And he was in terrible, terrible pain um, until we got to the hospital, and they were finally able to give him something strong enough to make him not even realize how much pain his body was still in. It just, you know, took his mind away from it. And as a parent, it was the most helpless feeling in the world. There's absolutely nothing you can do. And we did all of the right things, right? We, we, we got first responders. We did everything we needed to do, but we couldn't take away the pain. And I think of this beautiful Lenten hymn we sing, sometimes at the Stations of the Cross, sometimes just in our devotional life. Uh, Fourteen verses. At the, at the cross, her station keeping. Stabat Mater Dolorosa. Mm-hmm. A beautiful hymn about the Blessed Mother. And we were talking during the break about, about Mary and the, the images depicted in the Passion um, of Jesus falling and Mary being right there. And, Corey, you mentioned that as a mother, I mean, you've seen your kids fall, and you've, oh, you've that, that helpless feeling of there's nothing I can do. <laughs> they are falling, and I cannot stop this. Right. You know? And then there's Mary, who's watching her son willingly take this upon himself, and there's nothing she can do. And I can't help but think that What's my circumstance that I can't turn to the Blessed Mother? You know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm suffering. And, and Mary, you wouldn't understand. No, Mary <laughs> no, understands. Mary knows. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and Angela, you mentioned as well that it, it, one of the things you like to do is read. There's, there's lots of medical notes out there on what our Lord would have gone through. Why is that important for you to read? Yeah, I think it's really easy to look at the gospel sometimes as a story for me. And to make anything more tangible and real um, helps my faith. (laughs) So um, another thing that I will do during um, uh, usually Holy Week is to read um, a doctor's like medical analysis of what crucifixion was and what Jesus actually went through. Um, There's I'd have to there's some site out there that that goes through this long description of um what physically happened to Christ's body as he went through the crucifixion. And um, it is shocking. Um, and you can't help but, like, one, be a little sick because it's so mm-hmm. overwhelming. Um, but to just have this gratitude and, and understanding of the gravity of what our Lord went through uh, for you. Yeah. Um, and, and so, it, it, I mean, it's it's gruesome, but if we can turn that into like this understanding of um, our Lord knew what he was getting into and, and be, and seeing, I think you mentioned earlier, seeing crucifixions pretty regularly um, in his day and understanding that and, and willingly going through it. One of my favorite ways to meditate on um, uh, suffering in general, I, I have a lot of anxiety issues is to pray with Jesus in um, in the garden 
And I mean, the level of anxiety, knowing what this cross is um, going to cause on his body, but also the the weight of the world <laughs> that he's literally holding um, and, and uniting my, my physical anxiety to what was obviously way worse for him. He sweat blood, <laughs> you know, um, it was just, it, it's, um, yeah, a way to, to get to know him better than I could even try to come up with if I thought of it as a story. You know, I was reading a great reflection earlier this week from Frank Sheed in his book, Theology for Beginners, which, by the way, give us a call here at the station and we'll happily send you a copy. Uh, that offer is pretty much good. Anytime I talk about Theology for Beginners, it's that good of a book. Um, but he was talking about Christ's human nature mm-hmm. and how, you know, how often do we find ourselves in the role of not Dismas, but the other thief? He says, well, if you were God, you know, you could just come down off that cross, you know. Well, he was God, so he probably didn't suffer as much as we think. And it's like, no, the part of the reason our Lord took on the incarnation, took on a human nature, was specifically for this purpose of suffering as foretold by the prophets. And the thing I, I try to remember in, as we reflect on all of this is, you know, if I went home tonight and got a good night's sleep, and you know, had a good meal today, and, and ate well today, and just had an all all around good, restful day. But then tomorrow was going to be crucifixion day for me. It would be agonizing, right. you know. And yet, our Lord didn't get a good night's sleep, <laughs> and and three great full square meals, and and you know, physical conditioning. His physical conditioning was the night before when he was arrested. They, they literally flung him into a pit. Patty Schneier is actually going to be talking about this Monday on the show. She's going to be with us. Um, and, and we read about that in Psalm 88 and in Psalm 21 that you can go to the place where the pit was. And he was basically suspended in a yeah. pit the night before. And then they beat him. And they mocked him. And then we were talking during the break about the, the scourging of the pillar, that this isn't like, oh, here's a little slap on the wrist. You mm-hmm. you went around and said that you were God and, and you're not God. This is a very gruesome thing. And the point of all of this is not to say, oh, let's go watch something gruesome. Right. But that we have sinned so much that there, you know, even if I went through everything our Lord went through, that wouldn't make up for the damage I've done by sinning in my life. And our Lord takes that upon himself. It's, it, it really is a lot to think about. It, it is. And um, we watch The Passion of the Christ on Good Friday as well. It's one of our family traditions that we try to do that with our children. And I've got all ranges of children that watch it from like nine or 10 to, you know, teenagers. And, and, um, and I think because I, you know, it is a gruesome film. It is something that is, but it becomes real. It makes it real that we understand that this is what he went through. And we, we try, we, we really kind of internalize that where, gosh, that, you know, nobody wants to watch that. Nobody went there. all cringe at it. And some of my girls, you know, ask not to watch it. And we're like, no, you have to at least sit in here and listen. You don't have to watch it. Just listen. But one of the things that always gets me, I have 10 children and I've watched my children fall a lot. I've seen broken arms. I've seen broken toes. Um, you know, we've, we've had minor, I guess, as far as broken injuries, but, but, um, Watching that second or third fall that Jesus has and seeing the flashbacks of Mary trying to catch him, they're just playing. They're doing what all of us mothers and children are doing and playing and he's falling and, and, and she like, it, it's a horrible thing to her at that point. Cause he's only three or four. And so she runs and scoops him up and, 
And that is the point of the, the gruesome film of two and a half hours. That's the point that gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I understand that for sure. Um, but in a completely different way. I'll tell you more about that later. Right now, we're going to take a break here and get you one more check of the weather. And we're going to get you the daily dose of encouragement. And we will wrap up our roundup this Friday morning. It is time for a daily dose of encouragement on this Friday. This week has been on fire with the Holy Spirit. Patty Schneier, how are we going to finish out the week today? Well, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit all week, so I'm hoping everyone has remembered Puff, wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, piety, fortitude, and fear of the Lord, or that little ditty of the song where we learn the fruits of the Spirit, and then just encouraging people to rethink about their confirmation, to pray to their confirmation saint. Today, I want us to focus on... Those that we know that will soon, after this Lenten and the beginning of Easter season, be making their confirmation. And I just want to give a couple words of encouragement. Many of us have nieces, nephews, maybe grandchildren, or your own children, who will be making their confirmation this season. And I just want to share what we did in our family when someone was making their confirmation. When I was a sponsor for someone, I wanted to spend time with that person. And so we would spend a special day together with the family. All of us, we would go to a shrine. We would have a special outing to do something that was religious or a new place to somewhere where they could learn or grow in their faith, get a tour someplace. So when my daughter was making her confirmation, we all went to the shrine of St. Rose Philippine Duchenne over in St. Charles. When my niece was making her confirmation, I remember taking a field, we called it a field trip, and we went down to Perryville to the National Shrine of the Miraculous Medal. We just did something special in preparation for their confirmation. So maybe the reason I'm doing it this week is so that you can plan ahead. You need to prepare for this. You need to plan ahead. Maybe prepare to take someone who's making their confirmation to go to the Triduum at the cathedral this year during Holy Week. Maybe go to a special uh, shrine or a church you've never been to before. Maybe attend a Latin Mass if you've never done that together. Something different, something new that you can do special for someone who's making their confirmation. Make that person feel loved and special, but make confirmation more than just you know, going and once you're done, it's your initiation and that's it. I want to encourage people to really, really mark this sacrament and and recognize the power of the Holy Spirit and the importance it is, the importance of it in a young person's life. That's a great way to finish up our week of the Holy Spirit here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty, I want to thank you for these encouragements. And friends, if you want to go back and listen to any of them again, be sure to go to OurCatholicRadio.org and click on the Programs button. You can hear all of these Daily Doses of Encouragement on demand right there on our website. We are back. We spent a good chunk of that last segment just talking about why it's important for us to uh, enter into the suffering of our Lord, not just in our own suffering, but to really reflect upon that. And I think that's how I want to wrap up today is just a quick word on this, that if we just kind of aimlessly wander through Holy Week, it's going to be very easy to say, I don't get what all the fuss is about. I, you know, Sure, that was nice. The, the choir sang some nice things at the liturgies, and Father gave a good homily. But if you really want to make the next week an intense time of prayer, really spend a good amount of time meditating. So whether that's watching a movie to help you focus on what our Lord went through, or whether that's reading uh, notes from doctors about the actual physical process of 
crucifixion, uh, whether it's turning to the saints, um, St. John Henry Newman's Stations of the Cross, which you can find online. Just type in your your search bar, St. John Henry Newman Stations of the Cross. Pray through those, not just on Friday today or, or Friday next week, but maybe every day for the next week. Pray through those. It takes some time. I guarantee you it will be worth it, but take some time reflecting upon those things. Um, we do want to let you know that next week the show is going to take a little bit different of a turn, but not much. It's, I mean, it's still going to be the same roadmap to heaven, but we are really going to spend the week reflecting. So Patty Schneier will be with us on Monday talking about the Via Dolorosa and the places she's been to along the way of the cross in the Holy Land. Um, we're going to have some reflections on reparation for sin, um, divine mercy. The divine mercy novena starts a week from today. Um, we're going to be talking about my my favorite name of all of the days of Holy Week is Wednesday, Spy Wednesday. Spy Wednesday, yes. You know, as, a, as a kid, I was like, that's really <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, my son's it's, the same way. It's Spy <laughs> Wednesday. So tune in for all of that and more. In the meantime, I want to thank Angela Miller and Corey Grizzle for being with us on the Roundup today. Our last one of the season of Lent. And then next week, Friday, we'll have our Good Friday morning of reflection. And honestly, the whole day of programming here on Covenant Network next Friday is geared towards helping you reflect upon the passion and death of our Lord. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Roadmap Roundup. As always, you can find the replay wherever you like to get your podcast. Just search for Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network. Until next time, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Angela Miller. And I'm Corey Grizzle. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to pray your rosary today. 